When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, welcome to another edition of the Star Wars Stuff Podcast. My name is David. I am James, and it's going to be old school today. It's just the two of us. Yep. So those of y'all who really like Joseph are really sorry, but uh, it's just going to be David and myself today. Hope we don't disappoint. Um, yeah, look us up on, uh, we got a YouTube channel now. Uh, I've been posting stuff each week, uh, Star Wars Stuff Podcast on YouTube, and we, uh, we're we going to start uploading our videos now each week of us talking and also uh, this week I talked about R2-D2, about what R2-D2 might be doing in episode 9, just a theory I had. But yeah, each week I'll try to upload new stuff, uh, whatever is coming up here, so be sure to look us up there. And so, anything, uh, something kind of big happened this week in the world of, of Star Wars. I mean, do you want to announce it? I mean, you want to tell people what Yeah, what they happened? just dropped the Resistance trailer no, Friday, right? No fanfare. No, yeah. like... Stay tuned tomorrow. We're having you know the resistance uh, trailer going to be showing. They just they just released it. And how did you feel about it? I saw Joseph text us. Yeah, and I immediately went to Facebook because I'd figured it'd be on my timeline. Mm-hmm. And I played it, and the first thing that struck me was the animation style. Yeah, we all knew it was going to be anime anime esque. Yeah. So that's the first thing that caught my eye, and then the movement. And watching the trailer, there wasn't a whole lot of action. No. But we did get to see some ships. We got to see the, I guess, the base. Yeah. I think it's called the Colossus. Mm-hmm. And which looks pretty cool, honestly. That thing looks looks visually pretty pretty awesome. Something we haven't yeah. seen before in Star Wars. And I don't know. I thought, <laughs> I thought it looked pretty cool. Or um, kind of reminded me of like an oil rig. Yeah, that's yeah. what it is. Like yeah. just out there in the middle of the ocean and everyone, all the action. I, right. I'm pretty sure just the first episode is going to be there. They're just yeah. showing us that. But anyway, sorry. And then, of course, yeah. we got to see Kaz's ship. And it looks like he has like a female counterpart. Mm-hmm. Someone that's like kind of his, his friendly rival. Mm-hmm. And they show them flying tandemly. And then you see rings that they fly through. So I guess that was the whole kind of part of some race that they were doing it possibly. looked like I, it looked like yeah either a race or an obstacle course to me like they put out they have to they have to fly through i wonder i'm wondering if the rings are the same dimensions as the inside interior of the death star and they have to test to see mm-hmm. which pilots can fight fly through that as quickly as um wedge and lando did you know to test their skills i don't know they didn't look they didn't look <laughs> they didn't look that big i was just wondering if that's like what they were kind of going for with that but, yeah it seemed like it was like a tight fit mm-hmm so, what was going on there? I don't know. It was kind of just kind of cut pieces, but mm-hmm. it what like I told you, it wasn't really that fast or intense. Yeah, and that's what I thought we were gonna get. I thought we were gonna get like really close up shots of like the races and mm-hmm. explosions, but we really got kind of just not uh, yeah I, super juicy cut trailer. I didn't I didn't get chills and scream and yell like I did with the Clone Wars right. trailer. Yeah, yeah. And then plus they even really use any of like the Star Wars music, you know. Right. I, mean? like I don't they, even remember the music. Yeah, exactly. It wasn't like they were like, "Hey, this is the Star Wars music and this is what it, you know, the, here it is." It it's it's all Star Wars. The music was playing and I was like, "I don't feel it. I don't feel this this cool Star Wars vibe with this show." Hopefully I'm wrong. I mean, hopefully the show comes on and we're all going to be like, oh, okay, this is actually kind of amazing. You know what I mean? Yeah. But as of now, it just feels like, meh, you know. Yeah, and the animation style, it struck me as something from Flash, from like the, the band The Gorillas. Yeah. <laughs> but everyone online, I think, is talking about how it looks like Zelda Wind Waker type style. Yeah, it's, it, didn't, it wasn't yeah. the anim, anime style I thought it was going to be. Yeah. It, just, it looks like just normal animation with mm-hmm. an anime-esque uh, style. Right. Yeah, it just it didn't feel as... An, it, the anime style wasn't what I was expecting. And I've seen... I, I think somebody a couple of years ago put together that TIE Fighter 
fight like a tie fighter getting ready yeah that's hardcore japanese anime and it looks really good awesome yeah it it looks amazing yeah and i guess that's we were all kind of expecting that type of style and instead we got this type of style which Mm -hmm. like i said it's probably going to be great it's probably going to be an awesome story but as of now i just felt like i was like "Eh, i don't know um but i will say that uh, hearing like Poe, you know, hearing you know Oscar Isaac as as Poe, I was like, okay, yeah. there, there you go. And then you got BB-8 rolling around, right. and uh, just just trying to figure out like, what is this going to be a hit, <laughs> or is this just going to come out that Star Wars fans going to be like, this kind of sucks, or I don't know, what do you? Right, is it going to be darker, mm-hmm. or is it going to be a lighter tone? The animation style suggests it's going to be lighter. Yes, very. But very the when it premieres, it's going to premiere at ten o'clock at night. On the Disney Channel, so it's like who they, on a who, school night, right? Yeah, who who are they? Who did they make this for? Like they made it, yeah, they made it for us. I mean, they made it for the adults, if you may. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's, I don't know. We'll see, but it looks it looks pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah. I mean, that, that it's it's nice that they're moving away from what they did on the uh, on the Rebels show, mm-hmm. and it's not what they did on Clone Wars. So mm-hmm. it seems like they are kind of venturing out. Which which I like. Yeah. I like that they they did yeah. that. They they figured out they need to switch it up and like all right, this is a good way to do it. Yeah, um, yeah we'll we'll wait we'll wait and see. And as soon as that first episode drops, we're gonna watch it and probably have a have a podcast immediately afterwards that we can talk yeah, about it. Probably. But um, something cool happened the other day. Colin, our producer, got to meet Ray Park, and he posted a picture on his on his Instagram page of Ray Park, and I was like, that's amazing. And Ray Park still got it, man. Like he posts videos of him like working out and stuff. Oh man, on Instagram he's always posting himself working out, and then at the very end he always shows himself with the red lightsaber. It's awesome. Swing it around. I mean, yeah, he's he's still got it. Yeah, he's still awesome. He's still in case I don't know. Y'all should know who Ray Park is. Ray Park is 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 Darth Maul. Like he played Darth Maul. He didn't use his voice because if you ever hear his voice, it. It's it's not uh, what what you would expect. Yeah, <laughs> yeah he's an Englishman. He's a very yeah. He's, Have you ever heard David Beckham speak? He he sounds like yeah, David Beckham. Yeah, yeah. so uh, that, I thought that was pretty cool. Thought that was pretty cool. Hey, so I I posted that video on YouTube about R two D two in episode nine. How did did you watch it? Watch yes. TV? Okay. So did, how do you feel? What what are your thoughts on R2-D2 going into Episode Nine? Do you feel how I kind of felt, or are you kind of like, it, it doesn't really matter? I never or... thought of that exactly. That's not if JJ thing. and Chris Terrio could find some type of story point to pull out of that situation, that'd be awesome. That'd yes. be great, because mm-hmm. it would almost be like it was pre-planned. Yes. But if they can somehow figure out, and I don't know if they're... if, if whoever's listening understands what we're talking about. You brought up, well, R2 knew all along that Anakin was Luke's dad and knew of the Jedi Order when they were kind of in their opulence. Mm -hmm. But why didn't R2 ever say anything and help out the Rebellion more with his information? And you're saying, well, maybe in Episode Nine they reveal why he didn't, why he withheld information, which I think that's, that's a pretty cool idea. And it's an idea I've always had because everybody because there's that meme where it's like uh, knows knows who Luke's father is doesn't say a word you know like, like they just keep showing R two D two and I started thinking I was like yeah, that's very true like he did know everything why is he written as like I don't know what's going on this is exciting this is pretty cool like right and wow, the general is... public thinks that he got his memory wiped but no that was three P that was three P O got yeah. his memory wiped and so R two knows everything. R2 could be like the key to everything. And then we always go back to if they tie everything together, which they need to do in episode nine, episode nine, this just needs to be the most epic film of all time, which it probably will be. They need to figure out a way to tie it all together. And who is in each and every movie besides, you know, you got C3PO and R2D2 and C3PO is not reliable anymore because of his memory wipe from the prequel. So everything that happened in the prequels is 3PO is no longer valuable. But R2 has all that knowledge still with him throughout the years. So it's like, man, he could seriously just out of nowhere just be like, all right, by the way, boom, this is what's really happening. This is what I have seen the whole time. It has to be. The thing that just popped in my head is, well, 3PO has the data. And if it, if he works like a hard drive, mm-hmm. when it's you still do, there. yeah, it's still all there. It's just kind of scrambled. Mm, okay. So maybe if someone descramb, I don't know, that's kind of going off on a tangent, but I mean, it's. 
possible, but I mean, it's all there with R2. Have it's just no one understands him except for 3PO. Exactly. Yeah. And how cool would it be if, if he goes, if he just shows a little holograph and you see all the events from episode episode one, episode two, episode three, and Ray gets, the, he shows him to Ray because that's obviously the person he was shown to is Ray. So yeah. Ray can understand what her place is in all of this. And R2 could be the one to say, it all started on Naboo. It all right. started here. Your journey began before you were even born because of Naboo. And then we yeah. can go from there. And that kind of fits into what I was kind of thinking or wanting, kind of both, what they'll, <laughs> what they'll do in episode nine. If he shows a hologram, a simple hologram mm-hmm. of scenes from the prequel, sequel, all original from, All from his point right. of view. Yeah. His point of view, yeah. Like, like, you can work it in like that. Like you have, um, you can even have his POV of the ship flying, of uh, Anakin flying in the, uh, <laughs> on the Naboo Starfighter. Yeah. You can have his point of view of um, the Clone War, like the beginning of the Clone Wars, him with Anakin and Padme when he saw them falling yeah. in love, you know. Like all this stuff, like they could really just, just take advantage of that and it would be amazing yeah. and then r2 would have his moment again and r2 would be the hero like pretty much and he'd be the one to tell ray that all that's been happening man i hope they do it now I'm, i pump myself up with yeah. that theory that if it doesn't happen yeah i'm gonna be a little disappointed but at the same time in the back of my mind i'm thinking i may have something that could possibly be in the movie but right. i don't know yet yeah, little stuff like that, like L3 being a part of the Falcon. Mm-hmm. I love stuff like oh, that. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Stuff that, that they work in there, and yeah, it was there the whole time. You mm-hmm. just didn't know because it just didn't come up. Yeah. You know? And what would be really cool to see is is Ray like, struggling with her training, and then R2 is like, oh, yeah, check this out. And he shows her Luke and Yoda and the conversations they had, and she's just like, oh, my goodness. Like, Luke was very. He was very. Yeah. Uh, rebellious. He was a jerk to Yoda. Like why? Like why? Blah 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 blah. Then I don't know. Like you said, different parts of the movies, all from a different point of view, and it would be from R 2s his what he was seeing. You know, so yeah. I don't know. They have that luxury. They can pull that, and that would make a lot of fans happy. I think. Oh yeah, tons of fans. And JJ had a lot of nostalgia factor in Episode Seven. Yes, and so he, and he could really bring it back in Nine. But. Is that a good thing though for the for the franchise? It's a good thing right for now. me. I, I mean, love that stuff. I love the fr- I love. I love the when they get callbacks, but the like in your face on the nose stuff, like Panda Baba and Doctor Evazin on on no. on uh, Jetta. That yeah, that was a little bit too much. No, I'm I'm, I'm over here thinking about Finn <laughs> yeah, pulling out the ball. Finn yeah. pulling up the ball. He's like, that's that's the ball, everybody. You see that? You remember that? He if it, it was like a quick, like he threw it out and we barely got a glimpse of it, yeah, that would work. That would be amazing. Showing the audience and then, yeah, that was a little too Or nice. Or if he like kicked it, like if he like stood up and walked and he kicks it and you just see it on the floor rolling, yeah. that would have been like, oh, that was the ball, oh, man, yeah. oh my God. But no, he had to pick it up and show everybody. Yeah. Um, <laughs> those, those, yeah, those are a little bit too much in your face. Yeah. I'm glad Solo didn't do that. Solo kept all that in the background subtle somebody threw a line out that you're like okay yeah whereas abrams was like hey check this out gareth edwards is like hey check this out this is pretty cool (laughs) i guess that's why i i I, and johnson did the same thing pretty much where he just kind of threw stuff out where it wasn't in your face type of thing which is kind of like oh that's pretty cool (laughs) yeah i always i always love the nods but of course the in your face stuff it's like so abrams should not do in-your-face stuff for this movie. Abrams should just kind of do what Ron Howard did and kind of do what Johnson did and just have your story play out, and those who are really passionate will catch it, and they'll be able to talk about it for, for months and months. I remember because you saw stuff in Solo that I never, I, I missed, and you saw I think, twice, right? Three times? I think I saw it three times. Three times. Yeah. And if you don't know, David has a Solo solo he's by himself he has a solo podcast where he talked about the easter eggs yeah. and a lot of the stuff that i was he was saying i was like i didn't catch that at all yeah i'm a and, huge fan of easter eggs the more easter eggs the better and i feel like in nine you need to have the easter eggs but they need to be they need to have a purpose in nine you can't just be like here's the easter egg here's it because in, in this episode nine is going to be the journey of ray becoming the jedi master that we need her to be the one who brings balance so everything that happened before everything from one to eight is leading up to this moment 
So I feel like the Easter eggs have to be in there for the audience to be able to call back on and be like, oh, yeah, this happened. Oh, my gosh, like that was a significant – I didn't catch that moment. And um, that needs to happen. That needs to happen in 9. Did you notice the Easter egg in the Resistance trailer? No. What was the Easter egg in the Resistance it, trailer? I, I mean, if you're making it might up, be it. No, I'm not making it up. probably making this up. Sorry, <laughs> but I think right around the 37 mark, you see a, a Mandalorian logo on one of the backgrounds. Mm. And it's just like really quick, blink, you miss it, but Mando's might figure prominent. Oh, okay. Or maybe not prominent, but I mean... It, they're around. What's really crazy about Mandalore is it seems like everything is kind of dealing with Mandal- Mandalore now. Like, the next season of right. Clone Wars is going to be the Siege of Mandalore. Yeah. Um, uh, Favreau is rumored to be take place on Mandalore. Rebels really drove... And then even Clone Wars, the first couple of seasons, and Rebels really drive home Mandalore. And it's like... <laughs> like why why so much love for Mandalore now all of a sudden well it all, all of a stems sudden, from Boba like... Fett and his armor we knew his armor was Mandalorian yeah and then when they talk of the Clone Wars I think a lot of people said well that's a bunch of Mandalorians fighting mm-hmm. that's the Clone Wars and I think that's what a lot of people were expecting I don't think most people didn't expect that there were the original stormtroopers yeah, I don't know, did you true. expect that? I didn't. What in the Clone Wars? Yeah, I, didn't I thought expect... it was something totally. I off. thought the Clone Wars was something. Okay, well, okay, let's go on a tangent. What when you first heard of the Clone Wars and A New Hope? What did what was your mind of the, the Clone thing Wars? that I envisioned was Mandalorians with jetpacks flying through like cities and invasions and stuff like that, not stormtroopers, not pre yeah. pre stormtroopers, right? And it was a whole lot more violent mm-hmm. and just. More epic, but hey, you know, I, I remember uh, Joe Bags during our commentary. He asked, like, what was the Clone Wars? Did they know what the Clone Wars was supposed to be in A New Hope? Whenever George Lucas wrote Star Wars, like, did he know what the Clone Wars was supposed to be? And in the back of my mind, I'm thinking yes, but then also I'm thinking no, because what he needed was he needed to establish that history of this 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 lived in world. And at that point, when the 70s, uh, World War II was like back, you know, this moment in our history that we all look back on. And so if you think about it, in A New Hope, the Clone Wars is their World War II, this this event that happened where it was this crazy thing that we hear about, we study about. So I think that's what he was trying to go for with the history and the well-lived-in world. Well, let me ask you this. When you try and create stories, do you come up with kind of a basic outline Mm -hmm. of certain stuff you want to happen you don't know the fine details, but you kind of know yeah, you have like what the, you want to hit. To, yeah, yeah, you yeah. have specific plot points, landmarks, big sequences, mm-hmm. and then you just have to fill it out. Yeah. I think he thought he had the general outline for what the Clone Wars were and how it kind of worked into the story. Oh, okay, so and then later on with Filoni, he figured out, okay, he had Filoni come up with stories, he said yay or nay, and he guided him. He said, no, you're not doing so, it right. So this you're, is how to do it. So you're saying that, that Lucas had the Clone Wars, an idea what the Clone Wars was. He had a rough idea, yeah. The, yeah, he just the, didn't tell anyone because he didn't have to. Because, and then again, he didn't think it was even going to work. Right. Like, well, he, he thought, remember what he said, like... Well, the original film, yeah, he yeah, thought it was going to be a failure. Like, yeah. You go in there thinking it's not going to work, but then he also was smart enough to hold on to the contracts to where he could do more of them right. afterward. He wanted to protect his other two movies. Right. And then boom. Um, so, yeah, the, the Mandalore thing, I was just like, man, that's every, everything now is going toward Mandalore, which is cool, but I was just wondering, like, why, like all of a sudden, they just felt like everything's now going to be toward Mandalore. So when Lucas kept the rights to the sequels and kept the rights to the merchandising, do you think that was his strategy, or do you think he just got lucky? Mm, I... You know, being a Lucas fan would like to think that was a strategy, but being how young he was and how new he was to kind yeah. of everything, it feels like he got very, very lucky. With yeah. That. I think he was just very artsy mm-hmm. and he just wanted to be able to make what he wanted to make, yeah. not really caring about money as mm-hmm. much. Because at that point, he had no children. He wasn't yeah. expecting. He'd just gotten married to someone in the industry. Mm-hmm. So. I don't think he was really thinking. But he was just kind of thinking more, uh, not on the business side whatsoever. Oh, he yeah, just no. wanted to make the yes. art and just have his thing. And, and then, you see now with like the special editions, even the 
the uh, the government wants the original negative of Star Wars, and he's not giving it to them. He's giving them the ninety seven special editions. That's crazy. Yeah. So he he owns all of that. Yeah. One hundred percent owns it all. Yeah. I, I, and that's why I don't think Disney's ever going to release the originals. I don't think that's going to happen. So let me ask you this question: Everybody, how do you feel that the the special edition ninety seven special edition, even the two thousand five edition? Uh, how do you feel? about Lucas saying those are the versions you need to watch. Do you feel like he's being selfish or do you feel like it's a money scheme? I mean, I don't you know what I mean like he 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 doesn't want anybody to see the original films. Is it because he looks at them and he thinks I you know there was all there was so much more I could have done. You know what I mean like to where when he watches the original films those aren't the real movies for him. Yeah. Like, I, what, like, how do you feel about that? What his his view of those original films? Yeah, you have to look at it in his shoes. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, he's very staunch in his opinion that mm-hmm. when I made the films, I didn't get to make the film that I wanted. Yeah. So in '97, he got to do what he wanted. He added this, added that, removed this, removed that, and he released them. And he, I guess, was happy with that. Yeah. And that's what he wanted. And he Lucas, I mean, he doesn't live in the same world we do. I mean, very true. He's, I mean, who knows how many people kiss his butt? You know, <laughs> it's like, I mean, he might have so like, like you look back at the prequels, no one argued with them. No, nobody argued with him, and that's the big argument that no one was like, "Hey, I think you're not doing this right right here." And we got to see Rick McCallum say yes to everything, it seemed like. Yeah, Rick McCallum. And he was all on board. He was like, whatever Lucas does is going to be golden. And even Lucas was critiquing himself when they were watching the pod racing. Yeah. He said something like, I may have gone a little too far here and there. Yeah. I, I think about that moment when the prequels like came out. That era, that euphoria that everyone had yeah, yeah. when the prequels came out. And, and how the, the hope pop culture had for these movies and you gotta think about it is george lucas wrote it he directed it he produced it and he released it how he wanted it to be and it it was so sad the reaction that came of it you know what i mean like what what imagine i can't imagine that happening to me you know what i mean like that feeling of like what like i thought yeah. I wanted to make these, and he, and I hate to say it, it's his story. Yeah, it's not our story. Mm-hmm. Star Wars is, yeah, we're big fans of it. Yeah, we love Star Wars, but if you think about it, their prequels and the original movies, those are that's his story. But James, on the flip side of that, you hear every single. I hear so many people say this: when a filmmaker makes a piece of film, or even just an artist in general, when they make a piece of art and they put it out there in the public, and it's consumed by the masses is it only yours or is it everyone's now because it's out there like the mona lisa if if you got leonardo da vinci to come back and he wanted to go oh i want to change the mona lisa her smile isn't quite right i mean what what is that you know well for me it's it's if leonardo da vinci wanted to change it he had a good reason to change it he had Mm. a good reason to want to because of the, the genius that Da Vinci was and how smart he was, maybe he didn't get it right. Maybe he's like, oh, I can actually go back and correct it because it's my painting. Right. But it's accepted worldwide as mm. one of the greatest pieces of art ever. That's when you... Just like the original Star Wars. Yeah. No one had an issue. No one said, oh, Yoda looks too much like a puppet. Or, oh, the, the, oh the, yeah. The, the battle at Yavin looks really fake. Right. No one had an issue with it. It's He had the power to do what he did, and he did it. But... A lot of fans want the original stuff, and I think I'm one of them. You know, I'm one of them as well because I did see. I'm not that young. I mean, old. I don't know. Anyways, <laughs> I'm old. I'm old enough to. I did see the original yeah. movies. I was able to witness these things and in, in their in their entirety in the originals, and I I love them. But then I also, like I said, I understood why he did what he did. Mm-hmm. I understand why he went back and was like, okay, now I get to tell this. Now I get to really do what I wanted to do. And, you know, yeah, it's, it, you're right. Once you release it, it's, it's the, it's the audience. It's, it's yours. Now I made this for it to be seen. So it's yours. But at the same time, it's like, 
but it's still his though in the back of my mind it's still his story to do what he wants yeah. to do with yeah. it yeah i mean yeah it, legally contractually yeah he can do whatever he wants because he owns it so and then he sold it so but they it's just that that feeling that even he said i will never release the the original ones ever even kathleen kennedy said we're never going to release those movies mm-hmm. ever you're always going to be having the special edition versions of it and it's like man like he he looks at those as his true stories as as his right. true movies right. that he wanted to do and you know you can go back especially i think with empire you could really see uh what they really wanted to do that they couldn't do, especially with Cloud City, mm-hmm. with the approach, the yeah. Falcon driving into driving, it was flying, with the Falcon flying into Cloud City. And I watched the original one, and I remember they fly up to it, and then it just lands. Right. And you're kind of like, oh, okay, that's cool. <laughs> and you don't really get to see yeah. much of what's going on here. And so George Lucas was able to go back and say, okay, this is what I wanted everybody to see. I wanted them to see this cool thing. I wanted them to see this. And he probably told them, hey, I want these elevators in the background going up and down. I want to be able to see ships out there. And Ireland was like, we can't do that at all. So he had to build the sets to where he had to just cover everything and you couldn't see outside. And then with the special edition, he was able to take those away and add those those backgrounds that he always wanted and i I get it i get why he why he did that i remember james cameron said the reason he doesn't want to go back and redo the visual effects for titanic is he says because once you start you can't stop it becomes like this what he he did redo the the stars yes i know (laughs) which which scientist got pissed off at him well i don't think he got pissed off well yeah i guess a little bit neil degrasse tyson yeah he he was like um, they showed it to him and he said, well, the stars in the sky would not have looked like that considering the time of the year it was, right. uh, where, where they were in the ocean and all this other stuff. And then so James- because, because they went deep into the schematics of the Titanic and got every little crack and piece and everything identical to the original Titanic, yeah. but they just didn't do the sky. Yeah. He just put a generic sky yeah. up there. Yeah. And then, so what did he do back in 2012? He goes in there and he goes, all right. Here, boom. Yeah. That's the sky. <laughs> I remember I saw that in theaters, IMAX uh, 3D, yeah. when they re-released. I started laughing. I know it's not a part to laugh at, but I started laughing because I was like... <laughs> Did it look noticeably different? It's noticeably different. Really? Yeah. Well, then again, okay, we're getting into Titanic well, talk here. I've seen Titanic... Welcome to the Titanic. Welcome to the Titanic uh, podcast. No, I've seen Titanic many times. I was obsessed yeah. with that movie when I was growing up. Yeah, I really loved it. For, yeah. that, was, that, was a, that was a moment in pop culture history. Right. Like, that was yeah. a moment. That, that was a yeah, when I referenced the other day, I forgot, was it It was South Texas Cinephiles, yeah, po- that podcast, Texas, yeah. and I was talking about each cultural touchstone movie. Mm-hmm. It was Jaws, um, what would be the next one? Star, Star Wars. Wars. <laughs> then I'm trying to go, then after that I guess it would be E.T. It would be E.T. Because that was in the 80s. Mm-hmm. And then I guess, well, still Star Wars Empire. But after that, it would be, I would say, Jurassic Park. Jurassic Park, Terminator 2. Yeah, T, yeah, T2, you could throw that in there. And then it would be, I think, Titanic. Titanic. Yep. And and then The Matrix. Yeah, then The Matrix. And then Episode 1. Yeah, Episode 1. Well, later. Episode 1, that's sketchy now. Because well, a lot of people don't look back on it very fondly and say, oh, that changed the game. They were expecting it maybe to change the game. But maybe... On a business level, it changed the game, mm-hmm. but culturally, I mean, yeah. you don't. There was not a lot that came out of that. That it's a it's a pop culture thing that people remember, other than Jar Jar Binks, which is not favorable <laughs> most of the time. Yeah, fair enough. But I, I, yeah, I agree. And then Titanic was that moment. Like Titanic was released at the right time in like ever. You know what I mean? Right. Like they yeah. and it almost makes you think, what if George Lucas had released Star Wars episode one nineteen ninety seven? Exactly twenty years after yeah. you know what I mean? Like like what That's what, when they started working on it. Yeah, that's when he started working on yeah. it. That's when he was like, I I know I want to That's when they that. went into production. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And um but anyway anyways, anyways, I say all that to say just that that high that was going around during that episode one and what they thought was gonna happen. I think I, I I wish they would make a movie about that about the production of Episode right. One and the thought that people had about this movie because there hasn't been a movie that has been as highly anticipated as Episode One. 
I think, in history, if you really think about it. Yeah. And it spawned the feature film Fanboys by Kyle Newman. Where yeah. they kind of chronicle their journey to that movie. Yeah. Right, right up until... <laughs> the movie started. Yeah, and then... And then People were like, what? What if this movie What sucks? if this sucks? <laughs> I love that. I love that movie. It was uh, like Fanboys, right? Yeah, Fanboys. It was like, what if it sucks? And you know, like when I was a kid, I saw episode one. It was it was it was the most amazing movie I'd ever seen. Mm-hmm. Looking back, I was like, ah, it's not that great. But thinking about <laughs> thinking about that movie now, yeah. thinking about what George Lucas was doing, and and you know, like I've I've said before, I'm 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 not a big not a big screenwriter. I mean, I write stuff. I have I know how to write stuff. Um, <laughs> thinking back to like and how I like try to develop stories with my with my my, my my friend Ryan and how we're trying to figure out this happens and this happens and this happens. And it's like okay, George Lucas like made it for a reason, made it for a purpose. And if you read the opening crawl of Episode One, it feels completely different. It's like this isn't Star Wars. This isn't. And then you got to think about it. Yeah, he was just trying to show us the events of four, five, and six aren't even thought about yet this is what led into that so times are going to be different the the struggles of the empire and the rebellion don't exist it's the trade federation and the taxation and all that other stuff is what got things going Mm -hmm. and people didn't like that people were like that's really weird this doesn't okay and then why is this invasion happening it doesn't it's like because it it's this is what led into it I don't yeah. know. I'm very now looking back at the prequels, it's almost borderline genius the story that he told to get to the original films. The politics that he needed to show that led to it. It's it's kind of fantastic. It's kind of amazing what he did with that. That's my opinion. I mean, I probably lost a lot of listeners right there on the podcast. I'm sorry. Well, the great thing <laughs> about the original trilogy, it is a mirror to the current society that was going on then Vietnam just ended mm-hmm. and a lot of people didn't kind of look into it that deep like mm-hmm. they do now. And it was, yeah, it was a mirror to what was going on. And then with the prequel trilogy, it was also a mirror to what was yeah. going on. And I mean, he, and it seems like people can find they, they great stories last and, go the test of time and people find different meanings for different Mm -hmm. things. And I think definitely star Wars, I don't think isn't mentioned a lot with all the rest of the other stories that are, but I mean, I think that's really what Lucas made and he's confirmed that. Yeah. He, I mean, he kind of mirrored it off what was going on at that time. Mm -hmm. And he started, he started in the middle (laughs) of the story, Yeah, which was kind of odd as well. It was unheard of. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, even when I was a little kid, I was so confused. I was like, episode four. Yeah, why? Is when I understand this... what a Roman numeral was. Yeah, I, yeah. I'm like, wait, it says episode. What, what? I was like, what is that, Dad? What, is that episode what? I that think. <laughs> four, well, okay, where's one, two, and three? And no one could answer me. And that was. That was way before the internet, guys. Oh, yes. It was. And the books we had didn't explain that aspect Mm-mm. of it. It was just like, that's a story. Boom, we're off and running. Everything's dirty. And the the bad guy's black colored yeah. i mean it's his costume so we automatically knew he was a bad guy and we have luke farm boy dressed in white we knew he was a good guy mm-hmm. and then we had the family dog yeah exactly <laughs> a chewy in there and it, it, it's incredible just how that risk he took of starting in the middle because there was no guarantee he was going to be able ever be able to tell the beginning of the story like he started and he said all right that's four that's five and that's six and people and I remember I think I noticed it with five with Empire was like yeah. what I really noticed I was like that's not right that should be two why is it five and I never understood and then a couple of years later I was like my my brain exploded because right. it said and it was so crazy how like just that that marketing push they did where they didn't call it the Phantom Menace they called it episode one right. and i was like that's crazy because we when we look at empire strikes back we never say episode five we always say the empire strikes back we right. say return of the jedi and we always say star wars or some of us myself say a new hope whereas you say episode one episode two episode three because that's what he he really wanted us to know it as episode one two and three right. and then i love <laughs> you look force awakens the last jedi and they were like it's the force awakens it's we're not going to put the episode title 
when we show the title. So if you notice, yeah, it they says, thought there was a lingering stigma on that. Yeah, it just says Star Wars, and then it just says The Force Awakens or The Last Jedi. And uh, so that marketing push was basically pitch perfect. That marketing push was huge for for the first yeah. one. Yeah. Oh no, yeah. no, no, for episode seven. Episode. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It was it was perfect. What they how they to get did. away from the whole stigma yep. of the episode naming convention, and even was, though we all knew it was episode seven. Yeah. And uh, which I thought was I don't I want to know whose idea that was whose idea it was to get away from that and just say okay we're gonna start calling them by their names, Force Awakens yeah. to where yeah now I call it Force Awakens now I call it Last Jedi I don't call it Episode Eight or Episode Seven sometimes but most of the time I just say the Last Jedi yeah but when someone says Episode Seven I gotta kind of think a little bit okay uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah the Force Awakens Force Awakens yeah. yeah I know what you're talking about yeah but um so I was talking to a friend of mine today Berto about Ryan Johnson's new new movie he's gonna be doing. And I said, you know, it's it's kind of crazy to be able to tell non-Star Wars fans, hey, you could legit start with this movie and you'll be on the same page as all your other friends because we'll have no idea what's happening. And so that's kind of an exciting thing to think about now with these new movies that are going to be coming out is, yeah, we're going to be starting over with every with everything. And I started thinking, what if it's placed like a thousand years in the future from Star Wars and the legend, like, yeah. the legend of Luke... Ray, Yoda, like the, the, the rebellion and the, the galactic empire. Like that's all like just these legends that people read. And then I don't know. I started thinking about that story and I was like, that'd be really cool if they go that far. Is that, was that what you always thought, thought what you thought about Ryan Johnson? Yeah. I mean, even if it's not a thousand years in the future, a thousand years in the past would work too for me. I mean, just cause he would have no narrative debts mm-hmm. until he got to the second episode of his trilogy, but just to just start the story, just go. I mean, yeah. just do have a different aesthetic, uh, different type of threat. I mean, it, the potential is through the roof. Yes. And the marketing campaign is going to determine a lot as well. Yeah, they could. If they're super secretive about it, mm-hmm. it's, I mean, it's Disney, it's Lucasfilm. They're going to try and rebound from Solo. So it's like, uh, they're going to release a lot of info, and it's like, you're not really going to be that surprised. I would love a total surprise. I would just that would be the dream scenario for me. I I feel with the marketing push, they need to have. Phantom. But then again, episode nine is coming out beforehand. Mm-hmm. So if it goes the way you think, it's going to be one of the biggest films of all time. Yes. Yeah. So the the goodwill might come back. I think the and goodwill. Then yes. The TV show if that knocks out of the park. We're back in business, mm-hmm. and then Ryan Johnson can do literally anything. I think, yes, you're absolutely correct, and that's what I hope happens, which right. is episode nine, biggest film of all time, makes history. TV show, all the fans are like, this is it. We're, we're back. Star Wars is back. And then Ryan Johnson and, and, and Lucasfilm come out, and they say, we're starting over, and it's going to be what you always wanted. Episode That hype we had for episode one, we're going to give it to you with this first episode that we're going to bring out. I think fans will be anxious, excited, and nervous when they start to see stuff. Because yeah. it's going to – I'm pretty sure it's going to look fantastic. I'm pretty sure it's going to look just insanely right. amazing. And people are going to be like, whoa, I'm getting that feeling again. I'm getting that episode one – Force Awakens vibe again, you know, like this is gonna be awesome. He has to deliver, and I think Ryan Johnson can do that. I think he can, he can really deliver and on his how, own how does story. He, how do they drum up that anticipation again? I, it's crazy. It's crazy to think how they can do it. I don't know how they can do it. I'm not there. I don't. You don't? I, I don't have. I, have I just no, thought of it right now. <laughs> but, okay, well, how can they drum it up? How can they? Do they it? show sequences from the original trilogy, the prequel trilogy that we've never seen before that are going to be in the film. Okay, and prequel lovers are going to be hyped up. Original trilogy people are going to be hyped up. And it's going to be the culmination of all three trilogies. And I think even if even if they brought back scenes with Darth Vader. Yeah. I mean, you're talking about Ryan Johnson's, right? You're talking no, about I'm talking about episode nine. nine. Oh, nine. Oh, yeah. Oh, no, no. no. I, yeah. thought we were, I thought we were talking about Ryan Johnson's. <laughs> yeah. We're going all over the place. I was, like, I was like, where are we going? Oh, yeah. Oh, hell yeah. That's the best. Ryan Johnson's push. stuff can have almost, can almost not even look anything like Star Wars, mm-hmm. in my mind. He can do whatever he wants. As long as it's a great story, mm-hmm. great characters, that's all kind of we want, I think, right? Yeah. It's something that we can add alongside, almost like how Marvel's doing it with their characters, and then off to the side, they have the cosmic universe with Guardians of the Galaxy. Mm-hmm. Almost kind of like 
that type okay. of situation. Okay, I feel, you. I feel you. Because I mean, they. I mean, there is a like a tangential connection mm-hmm. to the Avengers, but they just brought them into Infinity War. But I mean, if it's something off to the side and it's interesting, it's different. I I think that's that's the way they should go. Yeah, I agree. and I think that's the way he is going. Yeah, because I I don't think he thinks the way that most of the people think of the original Star Wars. He thinks a whole lot deeper. I think. I, yeah, he looks. Yeah. He he talks about Star Wars and he looks at Star Wars in a way I've never seen before, a way I've never heard before. Right. I mean, in, in a way that if if I would have thought about Star Wars enough, maybe I would get there. But yeah. Johnson thinks about it in a way I've never. Well, yeah, that was his job for a whole year to just kind of figure out how he's going to do. Episode eight, the and Last it, Jedi, and it, was, and it was crazy that that was the, that was what he came up with. That right. was his. He <laughs> looked at the timeline and he said, "Okay, this is what needs to happen." And the fans, no, that doesn't. Work. But for him, he said that's what. And he has all this knowledge and all this stuff to back up each thing that he did in this movie. And so I'm like, okay, so give him his own thing. What's he gonna do? Ryan Johnson's is gonna be insane. Like it's gonna be crazy, but I think it's gonna be awesome. As for Abrams, how they got how they can push it? Can you imagine the opening of the of the teaser trailer is Anakin Skywalker meet Obi Wan Kenobi, and then and the trailer starts from there, like the teaser, and then we start seeing those clips, boom, 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 and then we finally get to Ray, and then we finally get to what's happening, and then man, that trailer has to be just that teaser trailer for Episode Nine has to be the greatest teaser trailer ever. It has to be. At Celebration, when they show it, because they will be showing it at Celebration, at Celebration, when they show that thing, they need people crying and begging for more. And jo- and Abrams, I think, can do that. He's going to have to. He has to do oh that. Oh, my gosh. I'll be, like, rolling on the floor. Yeah, there's, <laughs> yeah, there's, there's, no, there's no way they're going to be like, yeah, we can give them some. No, yeah. no. they have. There has to be so much thought into this thing to get the fans pumped again and the fans back in the theater just just going crazy watching this thing. <laughs> yeah, I'm thinking about how Ryan Johnson and his process. He started writing episode eight as soon, I think, as he got the script for episode seven. Mm-hmm. So he started writing out what he thought should happen next. Before all the people saw episode seven, mm-hmm. he had his story pretty much about to be locked. So the question is is Abrams. Did Abrams see what the fans really wanted? Is he taking that into account? Well, okay, so yeah, I, I see what you mean. Yeah. But then part of me also wants to to un, to hear what Abrams actually thought of eight. Like that's what I'm dying to hear. Is well, the thing we always heard was Abrams felt remorseful because he didn't get to do eight. He said yeah. that's the one he would really want to do. But was that just kind of like hearsay? Or was that no? He even said he even said he read he read the script. He's producing it. He goes, but I really wish I would have directed it. <laughs> so, so yeah, you, you, yeah, one could argue, I really wish I could have directed it because this guy is going to mess it up completely. Or he said, that's exactly what is needed for this story. And I'm dying to hear Abrams. Right. It's like, what does that mean? Yeah, what, what does that mean, Abrams? Yeah. Were you, like, remorseful? Like you said, like, oh, man, I really wish I could have done this because yeah, I would have done it so much. Or is he reading it going, yes, yes, this was what was needed. This is perfect for the next episode. I cannot wait to see what's going to happen in the finale. And so now that he's back, he's like, okay, thank you so much. Again, on his tweet, he said, I have to thank Ryan Johnson because thank you for what you did now this is going to be the most amazing movie that I can make because of what you wrote on eight. We don't know that. Yeah. We're all just kind of trying to uh, what's that word like just decipher what he meant by that. Right, right. And that makes me think of the episode eight red carpet when they asked George Lucas after he saw episode eight for the first time. They said, "Hey George, uh, what do you think about episode eight, The Last Jedi?" And he said, "I thought it was interesting." It's like, what does that even mean? Well, what does that mean? Did you like it? Did you not like it? I, I, I thought it was interesting. <laughs> like, I thought it was really interesting. Like, that was a weird choice. See, and at first, I thought that was like, he was like saying it, that was bad. That was negative. Yeah. And then after a while, I thought, well, you can take that as positive. And then I flip-flopped and thought, no, that was, then I was like, uh, maybe that was, it's like, what, 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 well, what's the answer? So, so yeah, the answer is, yeah. it, it, it could be anything. Because, yeah, like you said, it could be, that was, that was interesting. Yeah. That's it. Or... That was interesting. I never thought my story could go to where this story went, and I loved it. I wish he would have just 
explain it a little bit better instead mm-hmm. of having us fans on a podcast wondering what were you trying to say, Lucas? Like, what were you trying to get mm-hmm. at, man? Um, and Abrams again. And but but I I I think my mind, me being who I am, I think I'm onto something with Abrams though. With what he said was, I really wish I could have done eight. Eight came out. He now he has nine. He thanks Johnson in his first tweet. I have to thank Ryan Johnson because he is allowing me to do this amazing. He's allowing me to carry on this amazing story. I don't know. Let's hope that's what happens. <laughs> yeah, that's crazy. Star Wars fans trying to decipher, dissect, and figure out yeah. what does that mean. <laughs> All right. So now we're gonna speak about. Um, some of the some of the fan mail we've received, we've got a lot of on Instagram. People have been writing us, and people have also been emailing us. Uh, yeah, email us at Star Wars Stuff Podcast at Gmail dot com. Also, we're on Instagram at Star Wars Stuff Podcast. Just look us up, send us some messages. Um, uh, somebody uh, named Mary actually wrote us, and she asked this question. And we, we, we were supposed to answer it last week, but we forgot. We forgot to get to it, so we're really sorry, Mary. <laughs> but um, the question is, uh, okay, spoiler alert for, for Solo. When Han meets Chewie for the first time, uh, they describe Chewie as a monster. And they describe beast. As a beast. Yeah. As a beast. And they throw him in there to eat. And they said, like, he hasn't eaten in, like, a couple of days. And she was like, okay, does that mean Chewie was eating people? During this whole thing? Probably. <laughs> okay. So, and she was like, I refuse to believe that that's what Chewie would do. But then yeah. part of me is thinking, man, the poor, the poor dude is hungry. He's in there. He's like, I got, I got to do, I got to eat, man. I got to, I know this is, this is kind of a dark time for me, but I got to, I got to do it. You know what I mean? Yeah. So do you think he was eating people? Well, I mean, if you think about it, they're throwing down bad dudes anyways. Yeah. And maybe they were throwing down, I don't know, creatures as well. I don't know. Yeah. But. But yeah, so yeah, that's our answer. Is yeah, probably <laughs> Mary. He was probably chowing yeah. down on some people. So <laughs> really, really sorry to break that image of you of Chewy to you. But then he meets Han, and he goes, "Oh, my life has changed. Like I'm gonna hang out with this guy from now on." So um, I, yeah, so sorry. Yeah. <laughs> and then, yeah, we also got a message on uh, Instagram from uh, Gardner who uh, asked us for like types of books, um, books. If you if you really want like good EU books, you're gonna have to talk to Joseph. Joseph unfortunately isn't here, but he'll be back next week, and we'll we'll get his input on there, Gardner, for you. Um, but for me, like I've been reading the new stuff. I know Aftermath is really good by Chuck Windig, not Winding, but Windig. That's a callback to one of our previous episodes. Chuck Windig's Aftermath is amazing, and uh, Claudia Gray's stuff, uh, Bloodline, Princess of Alderaan, and Lost Stars. And she has a new one coming out this year called. Uh, a Master and Apprentice about Qui-Gon and Obi-Wan. All her stuff is fantastic and just amazing things. Uh, but I'm pretty sure when Joseph comes back, he'll have way better answers than what I what I gave. And we also got a message on uh, Instagram as well. Somebody was asking us if we were gonna, how, what days we were going to be at Star Wars Celebration this year. And the answer is every single day. We're going to be yeah. there the whole time. <laughs> we're going to be the, we're going to be the ones walking around taking pictures of everything and we're going to have a meetup. We will have a meetup with all of our um all of the people who want to meet us if you may. We'll yeah. ask uh, we'll do a, a podcast with y'all there. And um we're hoping to we we did we did submit our application for the uh celebration podcast stage. We will see if we get it. <laughs> um, <laughs> that would be crazy. That would be did. crazy if we got it. But uh, we found. Oh, never out mind. That that would be appropriate. Totally appropriate. Yeah. If we if yeah. we if we got it. Yeah. Or if we didn't get it. Yeah. If Lucasfilm said, yeah, yeah, you, you guys can podcast. That would be amazing. Lucasfilm, we we love Star Wars. Listen to us. We're crazy about Star Wars. We would love to be there. We would love to yeah. to to do to, to do this and talk about Star Wars with with everybody because that's what hey it's awesome. Yeah. This is this is the most amazing thing I've done in a very long time. It's just sit down and talk about Star Wars right. all day. So yeah, uh, yeah, we will be there every day of celebration. We'll be on the show floor. We'll be sleeping overnight there <laughs> with with everyone wanting to get into these uh, these panels. We don't know what the panels are going to be yet. Mm-hmm. I'm thinking we're going to get a 20th anniversary panel. Yeah, we're gonna get a episode nine panel, and we're gonna get a Favreau panel. Yeah, I was gonna call it that too, Favreau panel. So we're gonna, get, but there's probably gonna be three panels, and then plus there might be a fourth panel. Yeah, of Johnson's Johnson introducing. Ooh, so, I would man, I would love to see him back. I would love to see him back. Talk in depth. It w- it's gonna be interesting, man. He has to be there. Favreau's Favreau and Abrams are definitely gonna be there. Yeah, Johnson, 
hopefully is there. Benioff and Weiss, I think, are going to do like a whole video conference thing because they're going to be they're still trying to finish up Game of Thrones, I think. Yeah. And then they're going to give us a little tidbit. But uh, yeah, so that's the answer to the questions. Yes, we will be at celebration all five days. We're really looking forward to it. And the closer we get to it, the more we're going to be hyping it up and everything because it's going to be amazing. Um, God, I would love it if Favreau came out and stayed out with us after oh, the, yes. the deadline, just like Ryan Johnson did and hung out with us at like 4 a.m. That oh, would be dude, awesome. I would be, I'd be in heaven. I just yeah. feel like this. <laughs> <laughs> like it's Favreau, it's Favreau, it's Favreau. Oh, it's man, the whole that would time. be so great. But, uh, but yes, uh, yeah, it was pretty fun. It was pretty fun. Pretty yeah. good. Yeah. Good pod. You have anything to add today? Yeah. Also, uh, when you do uh, send us an email or message us, tell us what you're doing while you're listening to the podcast. Are you driving to work? Mm-hmm. Are you at work? Because a lot of people have been telling us, and I can think back years ago when I was like really grinding on like really <laughs> minimum wage jobs and thinking about that time. And that at that time, there was no podcast around. I couldn't listen to anything. <laughs> I had to like rely on customers or my coworkers that talk to me about star wars or other stuff i was interested in but now in this day and age you can listen to podcasts and and have your whatever niche interest you have and just listen to it while you work going to work or doing stuff. whatever you do i mean yeah, like cleaning I, the house i mean yeah one of my friends says whenever he does the dishes he listens to our podcast yeah it made me laugh and i want to give a shout out to uh, ryan bullock on uh, Twitter, he uh, he always gives us a shout out. Yeah, he's, he's always giving us shout. He's always like, "Hey, follow Friday, listen to these amazing Star Wars podcasts." Yeah. And ours is up there. Ryan Bullock, thank you so much. The just thank you, man. Like he, was, I think Ryan Bullock was our first follower on Twitter. Really? Not even wow. kidding. He was our first follower on Twitter. He was the first guy who like ever messaged us and said, "Hey, y'all, y'all, y'all are pretty cool." And he would like. Yeah tweet our stuff out and so ryan bullock thank you so much um i'm actually scrolling through twitter right now because somebody uh commented and i can't find their comment and i'm really really upset um (laughs) where is it at but yeah i mean you figure there's so many more people (laughs) out there listening and i I, it it just makes me happy thinking that people are listening to us talk about star wars something we love and they're doing their every they're they're living their everyday life wherever they are on the planet and and that's what I've done all my life since <laughs> podcasts have been out. I wash the dishes. I'll listen to podcasts. I'll work, do my day-to-day job, listen to podcasts. <laughs> I'll even go to sleep to podcasts. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, it's that's, that's kind of a behind-the-scenes on how I get my information. <laughs> I'm constantly listening, reading, and trying to kind of multitask. And even when I drive home, I have a long commute home, mm-hmm. a long commute to work. Uh, if I'm not listening to music, I'll listen to a podcast, and <laughs> that's that's the way I do it. I listen to um, I listen to music. I don't listen to podcasts. I don't listen to our <laughs> own podcast. I see that we listen to our, our own podcast, but yeah, tell us where you're listening because and, and what you're doing when you're li- like you know what I mean because that, that is pretty cool. Yeah, and, uh, yeah. We uh, we somebody else uh, his name on Instagram at uh, Mad Hatter eleven thirty eight awesome name. Um, he said sorry, listening to you all a few weeks ago and love it. And just giving you a shout out, man. Thank you, thank you for showing us the love there on Twitter, and uh, that was pretty cool. Like I said, to get feedback from anybody because it's like, whoa, yeah. people like us, like <laughs> people, people enjoy listening to us. Um, and like I, now we're gonna be on uh, YouTube, and each week, like I said, I'll be putting up a new video on YouTube uh, with a new theory, new news. If anything comes up, I will try to get a, a video up each week so y'all can see it. And the YouTube page, Star Wars Stuff Podcast on YouTube. Look us up. Uh, also, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and each video I put up, I'm also going to put all the links to all of our all of our uh, platforms you can listen to us on. And yeah, thank you, thank you so much for listening. It's pretty, it's pretty awesome. I, I love doing this. I love doing it. Yeah. So, and I echo all that stuff. Yeah, you said. yeah, what you said. Yeah. All right, so join us next Monday for an awesome new topic. And hope you have a great week. And may the force be with you. Always. Bye.